Hey, it's Paul. Uh, we're back with part two of our conversation with uh, Daniel J. Hogan. Usually I throw in the last time on uh, sound effect, but this time I'm just going to do a little manual intro. Uh, it turned out that when uh, I we published uh, part one of this, um, I wasn't sure how speedy Chris and I were going to be able to get to part two. So I took his appearances that he says at the end of this podcast, and I put them on the end of that uh, that part one so that he could get that info out. Um, he doesn't have a lot of uh, 2017 appearances, our guest, that is, Daniel J. Hogan. So I would encourage you to go to uh, his Patreon, patreon.com slash Daniel J. Hogan, or uh, head to uh, DanielJHogan.com and check out his blog. He's got a cool post about uh, an appearance that he made uh, earlier this year, uh, actually it was in May, so in between these two episodes, um, where he did a bunch of drawings for folks and uh, was at a free comic book, comic book day event. Uh, he's got a cool video posted there, so uh, you should check that out, and uh, I will step aside and you can listen on. And uh, hopefully we'll have, uh, we've got a few more episodes in the can, so we'll have stuff coming to you pretty soon. Um, we, I think the last time you were on too, we talked a lot about uh, advertising on your site and maybe a little SEO. Has, how, how are things going as far as that? Okay, I, I made kind of a switch since, definitely since I last talked to you, where um, I started implementing the Amazon now does uh, display ads, which are, um, they're paid, uh, you're not going to say paid by clicks, you're paid by, um, it's per million, whatever, paid by display instead of people clicking mm. on them. Yep. So what's good about those two is if you, um, you can kind of set the, the price you want them to bid at or whatever. And it's one of those things like, you know, the lower your price ask is, the more displays you'll get, that sort of thing. And like they have a formula they recommend to figure out what you should, you know, based on what your page view is or whatever. Anyway, and if they have a thing where if the Amazon ad display ads can't find anything for you, you can have it, uh, you have a backup ad. So I just insert the Google ad code. So I'll always have ads up eventually or going on. And uh, the Amazon display ads have definitely, I mean, I'm not, not getting steak dinners off it, but it's, it's definitely made a difference. So, and I still do the Amazon affiliate program, which if you do it right, can be a big money maker. I just don't necessarily focus that much on it. As <laughs> yeah. I've told yeah. Chris before, the sad story is if I just did a blog that was crazy crap you could buy on Amazon, I would probably be making more off that than I would ever with a web comic. But, uh, I kind of don't really like doing that because I'm just spending my time making fun of what other people are selling. And that's, you know, it's okay, but I can only handle doing that so much. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not punching up. Right. So what I've been trying to do lately is um, more so talk about things I like instead of things that are weird or I think dumb so uh, I'll try and throw in links to stuff in, in the post for the comics. Like uh, there was one post where I was talking about the old board game Hero Quest. So I found whatever I could link to about Hero Quest on Amazon. And because a lot of it is if you just get people to Amazon, you know, they may not necessarily buy the thing you're linking to, but they may buy something else. And so. So 
I thought last time um, you had to leave Google because they had something going on. Now you're back using them again? No, no, I'm, not, I'm still not using Google Ads. So I guess to clarify, I'm, I have Google Ads displaying on my site. That's not the problem. The problem was the Google AdWords I was paying for to use to advertise my site. They had issues with that because uh, because of whatever algorithm scanning stuff they have, they're scanning things were labeling my website as a, as a landing page or something that uh, like a scam site where it uh. would uh, be like, here, go to the site. Now click on this stuff to go like, here's all these ads that aren't related to what I'm talking about or whatever, that sort of thing. And so um, I actually at one point called them and, said, so what do I have to do to make this, you know, cause I wanted to, I wanted to give, I was like, do you want my money or not? You know, I, I use you guys to get traffic to my website. What do I have to do? And they're like, well, you need to get rid of these ads and not do the affiliate programs and all this other stuff. I'm like, so you want me basically to only have your ads on my site? Is that what it is? And, um, I, I just decided not to worry about it. And, I've been using uh, Bing off and on with similar results, so mm. that's fine. Um, I mean, I was really upset by that because it, it, it was mainly like I didn't want to, from a sheer logistical point of having to get rid of all the affiliate ad or affiliate links on my site, I would have to spend months going through everything and killing all those links. And, sure, um, yeah. I mean, it may have just been if nothing was on the front page, it may have been fine. But uh, I just, I was so upset by that, by the kind of hypocrisy of it. Like, this is how I make money to spend on ads I buy from you guys. I don't see what the problem is. I mean, I understand what they're getting at with some things, but, you know, I wish they could have, like, taken more of a closer look at my website and realized, like, look, this is what's going on. I'm not, like, just a bogus website. Right, right. Because the thing is, when you're a webcomic unlike a blog that has all kinds of text, I only have so much text in a, in a post for a comic that doesn't always work well with uh, display ads or, you know, affiliate ads. Cause the longer your posts are, the better it is for SEO, that kind of crap. And, sure. you know, right. Whatever. Oh yeah. Speaking of the, the letters or the text, um, I, I always enjoy the, uh, the tool tip texts in your comics. Yeah. I, some are better than others, but I always try to do something and, um, you know, it's, I know some people do look at those cause I look at them on other sites and it's a good, yeah. it's a fun way to throw in an extra joke here or there. And I, I always try to do some kind of joke. Yeah. And I would say on most of the web comics that I read, the, the, the tool tip text that pops up if you wait long enough, uh, is often the, the funniest part or can you even like. Sometimes it ties the joke together or it put, puts a different spin on the joke that's in the comic too, which right. is always fun. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's a, it's a sim- I think because the simple thing about that is it's just you just type whatever. You're not going to have to draw anything out or that sort of thing. It's like here's a quick little one-liner about something that happened. And- yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, back to uh, Amazon, I noticed like um- – I think it was on your site too. You were like, "Oh, you can check out my Amazon wish list." Have you gotten any action there? Or? Um, I'm trying to think. I did have a friend actually order me some 
pens, but he didn't buy them off my uh, wish. He saw they were on the wish list, and for a reason, he didn't actually buy them through the wish list, but he did <laughs> buy them and send them to me. And uh, uh, yeah, I definitely had that. My <laughs> my mom uses it, but she doesn't buy it through <laughs> the site. She'll well, sometimes I guess she does, but she'll she'll use it for Christmas ideas. And so I'll go, you know, to her place for Christmas and uh, I'll open something from her and my dad. And I'm like, oh, this was on my list. She's like, yeah, I know. I saw it there. I'm like, oh, OK, well, good. So um, <laughs> that's caused me to actually pay more attention to what I put on my wish list because uh, sometimes I put things on there as a joke. And um, I need to be more careful that I don't <laughs> put something on there that I wouldn't actually not want to get from uh, my mom or something. So. Yeah. I did go through and prune a few uh, less serious things out. Like, cause at one point she's like, why do you have all these John Claude Van Damme movies on your list? I'm like, uh, okay, maybe I'll take nope, those off. No reason. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I have, uh, I have, I've used it like, but I've never actually like given it out to anyone. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting because like, you know, uh, I thought I would have to do a lot more working out to put myself on one of those cam websites before I put publish my wish list. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I figure it's one of those things. Why not? Yeah, you know? no. sure. I, uh, I was just really shocked when you said like someone bought you stuff on it because I was like, wow, because, you know, last time we talked, you're like, yeah, like the ad stuff on the site is not there's no money there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, I mean, the Amazon display stuff is better than it was for the, the Google stuff because it, it pays better and whatnot. But um, it's, you know, uh, I'm not eating caviar or anything, you know. I might be able to get a bag of Swedish fish once in a while, but that's about it. <laughs> but I mean, it's, you know, it helps. Every little bit helps because you never know if, if you know, uh, I could, it could be the one day where a couple people find the site and they get super into it and they click through all 30 pages of the comic or 100 plus of the old comic and that all adds up. Yeah. Is the old comic on the site still? Yeah. Okay. It's all there. The only thing I did was uh, I reprogrammed. If you click the first button, it just takes you to the first Foxes and Boxes comic. Because, uh, um, uh, and so all the old stuff's still there. So if you keep clicking previous or even random or click on archive at the top, they're all still there. I just made it. I wanted to make it easier for uh, uh, new readers of Foxes and Boxes to get to the start of it. And um, I went back and forth on doing that for a bit. But uh, I decided ultimately it was the way to go. And and if you type, if you go to foxesandboxes.com, that takes you to the first page of that. And whereas clattertron.com takes you to the most recent page. I mean, they're all, everything's on clattertron.com. I may at some point make foxesandboxes.com its own separate thing, but I don't feel like building a brand new website right now. Right. So I'm just kind of you know, stick with what I got for the most part. And you can read it there. You can read it on Tumblr. I have two separate Tumblrs. I have one for Clatertron. I have one just for Foxes and Boxes. You can read it on Tapastic, which is another comics uh, sharing uh, platform. And, you know, so it's it's easy to find. You have your, your ways to read it. 
And it, does uh, Tapastic just let you uh, share like your feed, or do you, does it cost you money? Or no, it doesn't cost me. Actually, I make money off that. Um, again, it's not a lot because my readership on that's you know, pretty low, but it's slowly growing. Um, so it's kind of like uh, you know, like uh, Flickr or something, where you, you upload your your image file and you title it and tag it and you know, hit publish and there you go. And so people can go to that and they can go to, um, uh, tapastic.com slash clattertron or foxes and boxes and read the whole thing right there. They're all in a row. It's actually a pretty easy way to read them all. Cause they're all kind of stacked you just scroll down the page and it keeps loading the next one. So you don't have to click next or previous or anything like that. And, um, I do get ad revenue from that. I, to date, I've learned earned a total of thirteen cents, but I mean, my readership on that's pretty minimal. Like, I think this week's comic had like ten people read it. So, but uh, you know, and did, they have an app too. Is that why yeah. people like it? Right. Yeah, and I you should be able to read them through the app as well. I believe, and uh, I'm just yeah, I'm trying to be easy to find and just posting stuff forever. The only thing I'm not doing is I'm doing links only on Facebook, just because because of how because of my feelings towards facebook i just would rather people go to my site to read it but um and also i hate facebook's compression when it comes to images and yeah yes. uh, yeah like because stuff doesn't always look good and i would again rather just people go to my website because i don't make money off people reading it on facebook I do on Tapastic. I don't on tumblr yet i'm trying to figure out a way i could you know make something but i can at least you know, have affiliate links and Patreon links easily in the, Mm -hmm. in the Tumblr stuff. Whereas Facebook, it's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It, it blows my mind. Like this day and age, like how websites still have like such heavy compression when we are always talking about how so cheap storage is, you know? (laughs) So to, to get some insight, give you some uh, behind the scenes inside baseball, whatever. So when I export uh, my finished Foxes and Boxes comic, it gets exported as a uh, high quality PNG. So you're looking at like, I don't know, whatever, 500 kilobytes, whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is. Right. Then I go to a website called Tiny Panda. Or wait, no, not Tiny Panda. That's a Chinese restaurant. Um <laughs> Uh, she's a tiny panda tiny png sorry their logo is a panda that's why i said that tinypng.com and uh, it compresses your png images and so i upload it to that and that that compresses again and the reason i do that is because clip studio paint at least so far not that i can find doesn't have any sort of options for compressing your pngs or changing the you know uh, quality settings like it does for jpegs Mm -hmm. and uh so and PNGs tend to look better than JPEGs anyway, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it it compresses that a bit. It usually takes that down to about 120, 130 kilobytes, that sort of thing, which is much more digestible for uh, you know, load times and that sort of thing. So then that's what I use to upload to the site. When it comes to um uh, Patreon or Tapastic, I actually upload the un and Tumblr, I upload the uncompressed versions. So in some ways, if you go to Tapastic or Tumblr or Patreon, you're kind of getting maybe a slightly higher quality 
image, but I'm not sure about that because they may compress it too. So, because I didn't want to like compress something again that's already been compressed. So, right. Yep. Never a good idea. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was using, um, when I was, uh, doing, uh, textures for Episcuro when they were still up, uh, they had me download, I think, Super PNG, and they had a lot of options. And it was just a plugin for Photoshop, so that you could just uh, do it right there. Yeah, I I down I did some research. I downloaded a couple programs for my Surface, and um, and I just I, once I started doing the, the bigger foxes and boxes stuff, you know, and their color and everything. Like these are big things; they're big files. Um, cause I do those at 400 DPI. Um, I just, I wasn't happy with the results I was getting out of the, the apps I had downloaded. So I just did some more digging and I found tiny PNG and I just been using that ever since. And I, it's great cause it knocks it as long as it's below, if it's under 200 kilobytes, I'm happy. Once you start getting above that, it's like, uh, okay, it's a little too much, but maybe it isn't these days with Wi-Fi and, you know, 16 gigabyte data plans who knows yeah are you uh i mean you're buying like this uh software to do your comic and stuff so are you kind of at this point like photoshop free in your workflow yeah it's funny you know um i i well i could tell you last time i used photoshop i used it a few weeks ago when i was making um uh mini comics and sticker sheets to print out but um yeah, it used to be Photoshop was my all day, every day thing, but since getting the Surface, it's been in Clip Studio Paint. I, it's kind of a poor man's Photoshop in a lot of ways. Um, it's not as good as Photoshop when it comes to a lot of stuff, but it can. It's closer to like a Photoshop's elements than anything. But um, you know, it does the trick. If you just need to resize images for a blog post, it's more than capable of that. But um, you know, I wouldn't try to do like any hardcore image editing on it other than you know drawings totally fine obviously but uh it's it's lacking you know, especially like the text tool isn't as amazing as photoshop is or illustrator or whatever but um yeah i, I do not use photoshop nowhere near as much as i used to hmm. yeah i know there's like a few really interesting alternatives nowadays but uh it's I'm a cranky old man. I'm like, wait, I have to learn a new thing. Let me yeah. just like give four hundred dollars to Adobe. Like, no, I I know where you're coming from on that. I was, um, yeah, when I had to use it the other day, I'm so used to Clip Studio Paint. I'm like, oh god, this is so different. Like, oh look, shortcuts are different, and this doesn't do what I want to do. Why can't I just do this? And then then I'll go back to Clip Studio Paint. I'm like, why isn't this? I would kill for the option eclipse if clip studio paint had the um align and distribute features that photoshop <laughs> does because it does it does not have anything like that and it just kind of blows my mind that it doesn't have anything like that and it's super annoying because sometimes you want to line stuff up evenly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember when that came out in like uh illustrator like I think that was first, but maybe they had it in Photoshop at the same time. But I just remember like people were like, Oh, this is just a quick and easy trick. And I was like, you guys are crazy. I mean, yeah, that's quick and easy, but like I can tell like, or I'll use the rulers. Like right. but I can tell it looks good to my eye. I like right. it. It's done. 
And then uh, now that I have glasses, I'm just like, yep, looks good. And then like, you know, I'll export it out to PNG or JPEG or something. And I'll be like, why is it? That's not in the center. What happened there? You know, because yeah. I'm like looking at it sideways and my glasses have warped it. And <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't trust me anymore. Yeah, I am. I just got new glasses this um, past month. It's my first new pair in like three years, which is my own stupid fault because through my insurance, I can get a new pair every year. And I just was being dumb and not doing it anyway. Um, but I was having issues with double vision. So they gave me what's called a, uh, a prism lens to help with that. And mm. that's been a huge adjustment and I'm still kind of getting used to it, but yeah, it, it, there's times where I'm like, I don't know if I should trust my eyes on this because of how stuff's kind of distorted a bit to make it so I don't cross my eyes. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been a <laughs> visually speaking, it's been a rough month or two getting used to that. Yeah. I just got new glasses two weeks ago myself and it's been interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. Like the first few days, like I really noticed it where I would look at stuff like, you know, the, the windowsills in our living room and, and I'm like, mm, I don't think that should be curved like that. That looks really weird, but now it's, I'm not noticing that as much. So I think my eyes are just getting used to it. Cause you know, I'm, you know, mid thirties. And if I was like 10 years old, it probably wouldn't be as big a deal, but being as old as I am, it's you know, more of an adjustment. Yeah. I went from, um, computer progressives to full progressives so that mm-hmm. I can just wear my glasses a hundred percent of the time. And mm-hmm. I also got bigger lenses, so I'm sure that that progressive spot where it changes is a lot smaller than it was on that computer's prescription. So mm, right. it's taken me a lot longer to be like, wait, where? Ah, there I can see. Like, So, yeah. Fun times. Yep. And I complain about it endlessly, and my my uh, spouse is always getting on me. She's like, you've had glasses for, like, what, six years, four years? Like, shut up. People are born this way. <laughs> yeah, like I've, I've had glasses since um, kindergarten. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I can never just wear cool sunglasses. I can never just, you know, fall asleep on the couch watching TV or just yeah. lay down watching TV. You know, it's... Yep. Cause I've always, I have to wear glasses. So it's, and, uh, I'm, my wife, I think may eventually have to wear glasses. She's cause uh, she's worried about that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> now you know what I have to go through. So my wife had to add glasses, uh, about a year, year and a half ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, she was taking a medication actually that, oh. um, changed her eyesight. Um, and, uh, since then she's no longer on it, but since then she's needed glasses. And I think it was one of those things where like it was already developing. Right. Um, and she hadn't really noticed it and then it got, it got rapidly declined. And so she went to the eye doctor and they put glasses on her and she was like, Oh, this is what the world looks like again. Okay. I get it. Um, but yeah, she, um, I'm fortunate in that I can, uh, my prescription is such that I can use contacts if I, if I, you know, want to. Um, so if, as long as I, you know, have the prescription done and I order the lenses, obviously. Um, but she, um, her prescription, she could do contacts, but she just can't like kind of mentally get over the hurdle of contact lenses. Um, 
and so she's she's pretty much uh, on glasses. Yeah, uh, all I, the time I can't, now. I can't even give myself eye drops. So, oh no, know. I'm with you. I'm 100%. yeah. Contacts are right out. Like I just don't even. I don't even. I go in to get my eyes checked. Like you want contacts? Like nope. Don't even bother. Just give me glasses. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I will, my eyes are so sensitive. I used to joke, like I will cry if we start talking about onions. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who's like putting like an eye drop in the corner of my closed eye and then just trying to force myself to open it for a split second. Like, yeah. 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 I wore contacts a lot for a long time and I'm, I'm convinced that I was having, I was having more allergy problems when I was wearing them. Um, because since I've stopped and I've gotten a bunch of allergy treatment since then too, but, uh, since I have stopped, it seems like I also have less like allergy attacks and issues. And I think part of that is just my body's like, well, you do have this foreign object sitting on your eyeball. Yeah. Uh, even though it, you know, it might not hurt or sting or anything like that. I get used to them pretty quickly, but, um, uh, your your body still knows that there's something there <laughs> it wants it off so. and those just joining us welcome to the glasses podcast <laughs> hello <laughs> so now that you've fixed your home and we've fixed your eyes mm-hmm. um <laughs> so i know you uh you meet other creators at the cons you go to um and it's obviously i mean it seems like a really supportive community are there are there any like web comics that uh we should be checking out like people you've met and stuff um Let's see. I'm trying to remember because some of my friends who I see all the time actually don't necessarily do web comics that much. They they mm. do like print comics or they they'll they'll either do everything themselves or they're an artist for hire or that sort of thing. Um, I already I already mentioned Jason Struts uh, earlier. Uh, you can find him at patreon.com slash Struts Art. I think if you just go to Struts art.com that's s-t-r-u-t-z art.com or go to claritron.com and read my blog post about him that'll link you to him too so he does like he's an artist for hire kind of thing um then uh another comic friend of mine who lives in ann arbor bruce uh worden he does a print comic series called uh woodstock that's s-t-a-l-k it's about zombies at woodstock and that's up to issue eight or nine or something. He's getting up there. Like it's, it's a long series and um, let's see who else. And I'm going to forget people and I'm sorry. And that's just how it goes. <laughs> but um, my other friend, Ryan Clater, who runs the MSU comics forum along with my other, other friends, including JJ Cott, uh, they both do more print comics. They aren't necessarily uh, online comic uh, focused. Ryan does autobiographical stuff. Um, you can find his comics at elephanteater.com. I believe he's working on a new book. Uh, he also teaches comic making at Michigan State University, which kind of makes me want to try to apply and get in and uh, learn more because he knows what he's talking about. And Jay Jaycott. You can find his stuff at, uh, give me a second here. Let's see. It's like J2, yeah, j2comics.blogspot.com will take you to his stuff. Uh, He does more print things. He has his own book series he does off and on too. And 
off the top of my head. See, I have friends who like kind of dip in and out. My other friend, Dean Stahl, he does, uh, I'm going to get this right. Let's see. <laughs> headlocks and heartaches, I think. Let me do Yep. Headlocks and headaches. Sorry. It's a pro wrestling comic. Headlocks and headaches.com is his uh, comic. And he does that off and on and, or continuously, whatever. And uh, he does other things as well. And I'm um, trying to think of other, other people I know, but I'm drawing a blank right now. Well, you were talking a lot about uh, some of them who do books. Like uh, last time we chatted, you've got a book on hold because of the subject matter. Is there any update on that or you have another oh, book? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, that one still kind of on hold because I'm just trying to – because that was more like – Gun fo- guns were a f- right. part of it, and right now I'm just like I don't want to deal with that, and uh, which is unfortunate, but uh, it's still in the back of my mind. And uh, I've been working on a different one off and on that's more like, as I like to say, it's like Wally meets Westworld, um, and so it's more sci-fi humor stuff. And that I'm about. <sighs> 50, 60,000 words in maybe. And I just, you know, I'll go on it for a long stretch. Then I just kind of lose steam and don't look at it for six months, which is a terrible way to write a book. But, um, that's just how it goes right now. So, but, uh, in, in the back of my head, I still like writing, uh, stories and novels and that sort of thing. So, I mean, especially over the summer when I was kind of debating even keeping going with comics or not, I, was telling myself, well, if I stop working on comics, I could just work on writing short stories or books and that sort of thing again, which may not necessarily be a bad idea. But uh, for right now, I'm sticking with the comic thing. We'll see how it goes. You could probably do a lot more if you hadn't given up coffee, I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. Um, well, I can I can do you one better there. I haven't, I've been sober since November. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, – uh, without getting too much into it, it just wasn't agreeing with me that much. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, the hangovers were getting worse. And, uh, when I, in the past wouldn't normally even get close to get, be getting sick given the amount I'd have, I was more easily getting sick and I'm like, okay, well I need to, uh, not that I was like downing a six pack every night, but I was, you know, having a couple drinks and sometimes randomly wouldn't agree with me and I just got tired of it. So I've just, uh, decided to see how long I can go without drinking. And so far it's, I made it through the holidays. We'll see if I can make it through St. Patrick's day. But, um, (laughs) although as I've told people, like, I mean, I haven't had a drink since November. I'm I'm not going to start drinking on St. Patrick's day when it's amateur hour to begin with. Right. Right. Yeah. I want to, like, it's not so much that I just, don't ever want to drink again. It's more, I kind of want to get better at, I can have one once in a while and just be good about having one. As I also say, it's kind of because of genetics and, uh, one side of my family, it's, it's easier for me not to start than it was for me to stop after two. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, this is how it is and just kind of seeing. So, but I, I mean, I miss it. Yes. But, at the same time, I'm saving money and losing weight, and uh, I think overall it's probably been pretty good for me, mental health wise. Given yeah, yeah, everything that's going on in the world right now, it's easy to want to crawl into a bottle. But I think by not doing that, that's probably 
better. So, yeah, I can understand that. I've always been more of a social drinker. So right, if we right. all went out, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll have a beer, two yeah. or three. But, but yeah, it's never been something like, oh, just pop one open when I'm home or anything like that. I don't know why. Just never. Well, so. I was doing that, and I think some of that was stress of you know mm-hmm. having a house now and like okay and. Uh, Oh my God, like I'm a, like a real adult now. Like I have a house, you know, I'm married and I, I'm still kind of wrapping my brain around that. And, uh, you know, it was be- again, not that I was like downing a bottle of whiskey a night or anything like that. But, you know, if you have like a drink every night, you know, during the week, that kind of adds up. And, uh, I just decided to see how long I could go. I'm going to try and give it till July for sure and then see how I'm doing. Well, and it's when you make big life changes like that that you right. start to develop new patterns and habits. And right. if that's one of the ones that you picked up, then it's better that you try to put it away before it becomes like yeah. you know, yeah, cemented. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird, you know, because I talk about this with other people. Like, if 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 I was a smoker and I said I quit smoking, everyone everyone would be like, "Oh, it's great, good for you." But if I tell people, "Yeah, I've been sober since November," they're like, "Well, what's wrong with you? Why?" You know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a weird double standard. And thankfully, to be honest, I, I haven't had that reaction necessarily from anyone yet. But I know there'll be certain people in my family who will kind of give me a hard time about it. But, sure. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, that has not happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Yeah. It's, it's definitely different, uh, depending on your circle of, uh, people that you're with too. So, yeah, it was, so one of the positive things I started doing this year was once a month I go to get a massage and, um, um, that's helped greatly with stress things. And as someone who sits at a desk all day, be it for work or and or for you know the stuff I do outside of work making comics and whatnot it's you know health wise done wonders and I was talking about that with my massage therapist and she said yeah you know if you're a heroin addict and you told people <laughs> you like I stopped taking heroin they'd be throwing you a party but if you say you're stopped drinking it's they're like <laughs> what's your problem you yeah know, it's just a weird <laughs> weird double standard <laughs> yeah for sure but I guess to get back to your thing about coffee, um, I definitely miss that sometimes. But I, I didn't give up caffeine, to be clear. I just gave up <laughs> coffee. Like like I actually had a cup mm. of green tea before I sat down with you guys. But I'm my caffeine intake is nowhere near what it used to be. So yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. Like um, I've never been a coffee drinker, but yeah, giving up. Uh, like I talked about probably last time you were on, like giving up like pop or soda, right, like right. that was interesting to me because I, I'm not a big warm beverage person. So you actually gave me the idea of like making, like brewing some tea and just having iced tea. And I, I did that for a while, but now it's just like water for me, like all the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's really interesting, like not having all that caffeine in my system. But the funny thing is, is like, people are just like, you know, there's that sort of cliche of like, oh, once you give up like added sugars or something like the first time you have a candy bar or dessert somewhere, you're just like, oh, my God, it's too sweet. And like if I have like a sip of anyone's pop, I'm just like, yep, that's the stuff. Put it inside me. Want it now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
it's never gotten to that point where I'm like, whoa, I used to drink this. Are you crazy? Well, um, so I did on Christmas Eve night, I did have like maybe I want to say an ounce worth, uh, ounce and a half worth of black coffee because um, t- to set the background, uh, uh because my wife's parents are divorced and my family's in Detroit, et cetera. Um, we do four Christmases and 24 hours between Eden Rapids (laughs) and Detroit. And so I was pretty tired by the end of Thanksgiving, sorry, end of Christmas Eve evening at my uncle's place in Royal Oak. Cause we still had to go to my parents' place to stay the night and then, um, drive back to Lansing the next morning. And uh, I was like, well, I'll have a little tiny bit of coffee and, I I definitely noticed the flavor more than I had ever had for years. Like uh, it was much stronger flavor. Mm-hmm. And um, I also didn't get a lot of sleep that night. So, <laughs> but that was yep. kind of my own fault. Cause it was at like eight o'clock at night or something and I nine o'clock at night or whatever. And I thought, Oh no, I just need enough to like keep me awake for the drive home an ounce or whatever. Like it was not even half a cup. It was minimal. It was enough to just keep me, jazzed all night and i think part of that just might have been stressed too because i never sleep too well when i'm at another house too but uh yeah it's uh it's weird just all that caffeine like what it does to your system and like now these days like as i said in my blog post like i'll go to bed like 10 10 30 whereas before like getting to bed before midnight was a rare thing so because I just get tired. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to bed. Ah, yes. Old age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have suddenly become my grandfather and wake up at like six in the morning every morning now. Oh, yeah. Like, I get up at six. Yeah. I just, part of that's by choice so I can work on stuff before I have to leave for work. And uh, mm-hmm. and I, I don't like having the rush in the morning, but it always seems to not matter how early I get up. I'm always kind of scrambling to get out of the house, but, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, I've started to like use that time now. Okay. I'm up. Let's get some stuff done. So yeah, right on. Um, so what have you, uh, what have you been consuming podcast wise? You, you're always good for some good, uh, um, the big one or, Big two, play, I guess I should say lately, uh, I, I got in the everything McElroy Brothers. Uh, so that would be the Adventure <laughs> Zone podcast and then My Brother, My Brother and Me. And then also their video series, the two of them do Monster Factory, which isn't a podcast, but it's a YouTube series. Um, so the Adventure Zone pretty much is the reason I'm doing foxes and boxes to some extent. Like I always kind of had the, I, I wanted to do like a long form story and um, I, I always did kind of want to do like more of a fantasy thing. It, it wasn't that Adventure Zone gave me the idea for it. It kind of convinced me to try it because um, cause they were doing like, for those who don't know, the Adventure Zone is uh, the, the three McElroy brothers and their dad playing Dungeons and Dragons. And it's, you know, goofball humor stuff like they don't take it seriously and um it's you know it's all good fun and just listening to that and um made me realize like yeah i mean there's an audience for that sort of thing and so i decided i should try that as well because i I had the idea um 
like probably the, the original seed of the idea was last spring when I was doing pages for my second coloring book. And I did a page that was, um, it kind of looks like a museum wall or a gallery wall where it's a bunch of, you know, frames of paintings. And in those frames, I kind of told the story of, of Fox and his previous incarnation, like him going on an adventure. And so like each painting is like a different part of the story or there's paintings that represent things of the story, his adventure he was on. And, and I mean, he he doesn't look like he does in foxes and boxes. Like he kind of looked more like a link type character in that, <laughs> like he had, you know, actually if anything, I gave him the hat he had in that to boxes in this comic. So, um, so that was kind of the original germ of the idea. And then listening to the adventure zone kind of convinced me like, maybe I should try this because there is an audience for this sort of thing that people like, you know, silly fantasy stuff, which I already knew anyway, from my novel, I self published, uh, 10 years ago, the magic of Ari. Um, so I listened to that. I listened to their other podcasts, my brother, my brother and me. And I also listened to the flop house, which is a bad movie podcast. <laughs> and, uh, the other one I got super into recently is The Dollop, which is a, it's a comedy history podcast. I don't know a better way to put it, but that's basically what it is. Um, so it's uh, one guy has researched a story, like a quirky history story. And so he sits down with his other comedian friend and he uh, it's him telling him the story so that the other guy doesn't know what this what's going to happen. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. he's kind of like, yeah. So this guy was born 1897. Okay, that's great. And then he went to school here and there. Uh-huh, sure, whatever. Well, and then he developed a fondness for taxidermy. Uh-oh. You know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and, you know, whatever. It's 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 funny because you get his reaction to hearing what this ridiculous story is about. And <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of fun. Like they've been doing that for a few years now. So I went back to episode one. You know, for because some podcasts you don't necessarily have to start at the beginning, but for the dollop, I definitely recommend it because there's a lot of callbacks. And same sure. thing with the adventure yeah. zone, you kind of have to go back to the beginning because it's a serial adventure. And those guys didn't they get a show on that like new streaming network, CISO? Yeah, the McElroys. Yep, yeah, yeah. I watched, uh, they put up a freebie on uh, YouTube and I watched part of it the other day. Mm. Okay, and it's it's weird because that was kind of my first time seeing what they all looked like. And oh I've, yeah. 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 And, and so I've listened to 50 something episodes to say 50 plus hours of them talking for the adventure zone. And then only then finally saw what they looked like. And it was like, Oh, okay. You know, you kind of come up with a vision in your head, what they look like. And this isn't always necessarily what you think it is. For sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. In reality, like I sound like the gorgeous one, but it's Paul. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Ladies. <laughs> or men. This is an equal opportunity podcast. Yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so I'm excited because I have yet in the last couple shows gotten to torture Paul um, and he did just beat me in a story slam. So <laughs> I've, I've created a quiz for you guys that I'm pretty okay. excited about. Uh, and so our quiz today on Montreal Sauce is about celebrity comic books. You know, because I just read this thing on io9 the other day that Mark Wahlberg, he doesn't want to be called Marky Mark. How dare you? 
Uh, he <laughs> has made this new comic um, called Alien Bounty Hunter, and he's producing it because we take comics and make them into movies. So, you know, nobody's hired the guy to be in a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, so he's just going to make his own, damn it. <laughs> So I was talking to my friend uh, Brandon Schatz uh, at Variant Edition here in town, who we've had on the show previously uh, with his lovely spouse, Danica. And turns out that celebrity comic books are crazy, crazy normal thing that happens all the time. So I'm going to ask you guys some questions about celebrity <laughs> comics. Oh, boy. Okay. All right, Dan. So this actress of Parks and Recreation – has numerous writing credits, one of which includes a comic called Frenemy. Who is it? A, Aubrey Plaza, B, Amy Poehler, C, Retta, or D, Rashida Jones? I'm going to say Rashida Jones. You are correct, sir. Okay, yeah, because I, I know she's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Oh, thank you for the applause. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Or all right, Jill Paul. of all trades, I guess, if you want to be. No, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Paul, not one, but two comics are produced by this star of Heroes fame. One is titled Rest, and the other is called Berserker. Who is it? Uh, A, Milo Ventimiglia. B, Zachary Quinto. C, Ali Larder. Or D, Masioka. I want to say uh, Masioka, but I am... Completely unsure on that, but I'll go with it. <laughs> oh, wah, wah. Sorry. <laughs> it's actually Milo Ventimiglia. Yes, Peter Petrelli mm, has mm-hmm. made his own comics and stars in them. And it's like, hey, what if I got powers? So, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy, actually. All right. Uh, Dan. Yep. Superman doesn't crash land in Smallville. Instead, it's Somerset, England, mm-hmm. where he's raised as Colin Clark in Superman True Brit. Which English legend ped- penned the story? A. Stephen Fry, B. John Cleese, or C. Christopher Lee, or D. Gary Oldman? Oh, man. You know, as an aside, I knew who the answer was before I even finished the question, but <laughs> I would totally read a comic by Christopher Lee, but I'm going to say B. John Cleese. That's correct. Yeah, that's a that's a good read. Recommend it? it. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it looks funny. It looks crazy with his like Union Jack under the S. Well, so <laughs> to tie it back to living in a house thing, there's a constant theme in that book. Um, the uh, where his parents tell him like, what would the neighbors think? Like as an excuse for him to like hide his powers. And after living in a house now, like I understand what that means. Like I get that now. <laughs> the whole like what would the neighbors think concept or got it i didn't really care about that in an apartment but sure okay paul this is your one you can catch up here uh well if i gave you two points you would <laughs> yeah, i was like wait a minute that math doesn't check out uh a one-off comic book pitted this nba star against godzilla as oh you boy do. Uh, who was it? A. Larry Johnson. B. Carl Malone. C. Charles Barkley. Or D. Yao Ming. Oh man! That, hmm. 
Uh, I was going to say Charles Barkley, and then you threw Yao Ming in there, <laughs> and it totally throws me off. Oh, Yao Ming seems too on the nose. I, that's what I think, yeah. So I feel like I need to stick with Charles Barkley. All right, you are correct, sir. You're on I was going to say Shaq, but he wasn't an option. Yeah, he wasn't an option. That was that was my instinct, too, was to say Shaq. Oh, I didn't think about putting him as a fake answer. I tried to sneak in Yao Ming instead. Um, you would have shazammed your way into the history books there. Oh, yes. I would have stole that point from you, Steel. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dan, one of four actors to have played Punisher had fever dreams while hopped up on Vicodin. That's what he said. Uh, when he was recovering from a car crash and used these dreams to create the six-issue comic called Bad Planet. Who was it? A, Dolph Lundgren, B, Thomas Jane, C, Ray Stevenson, or D, John Bernthal? You know, I'm just going to say A because I always got to go with Dolph Lundgren regardless. (laughs) You always got to go Dolph. It was actually Thomas Jane. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling that was the case, but it's all right. That's crazy that like four people have played the Punisher and really none of them are. I don't know. I didn't see the Ray Stevenson film, so I don't know if it's. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren one is in a word weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird to see like He-Man playing. (laughs) Ah. Okay, Paul. In the movies, Samuel L. Jackson plays comic book hero Nick Fury, but he also co-wrote and his likeness stars in a comic. What is it called? (laughs) A, Drive Train. (laughs) B, Cold Space. C, The Proxy. Or D, Captain Lederhosen and his sidekick, Paul. Uh... I like the proxy. What was the first one again? Uh, drive train. Drive train. <laughs> Which, uh, okay, never mind. I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I feel like I should go with the proxy. Oh, I'm sorry. It was cold space. Oh, that I that didn't even register for me. Drive train, a.k.a. shaft. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. What was that movie... It was like right after Fast and the Furious, there was like a motorcycle movie. Oh, and it was like, we're, we're going to be like Fast and Furious, but on motorcycles. Anyway, it had like some kind of like torque. I think it was called torque. Mm. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> oh, Dan. Reginald Hudlin wrote for Black Panther for years, and rumors are that the upcoming movie will revolve around many of his stories. He's directed many TV shows and recently produced Django Unchained, but the three of us know him from what film frown movie? A, House Party, B, Jim Cotta, C, Star Crash, or D, A Boy and His Dog? Oh, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, those are all good choices. <laughs> Let's see. Dan I mean, was on all those episodes. I'm going to go with my gut to say house party. Your gut is right. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, three to one. 
Um, it's close. It's close. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> Two goal lead is the most dangerous lead. Okay, True. Paul. True. This party of five star pitched a comic about an anthology series based around a music box. When the music box was opened, it would transport people back into time. It was called Music Box. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. who, who, who was it? A, Jennifer Love Hewitt. B, Lacey Chabray. C, Nev Campbell. D, Jeremy London. Lacey Chevray. Total guess. Oh, no. It was Jennifer Love Hewitt. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, she just had the idea and someone else wrote it. (laughs) All right, Dan. I like this one. One of the Go-Go's created a story where she was abducted by aliens and made into a cyborg in their experiments. And now she's the protector of the slave class on some planet. In this comic called Lady Robotica, who was it? A. Belinda Carlisle. B. Kathy Valentine. C. Jane Weedland. D. Gina Shock. Uh, I don't know any of them, so <laughs> hmm. the last answer was A. So I'm just gonna say B. <laughs> Sorry, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> it was Jane Weedland. What what letter was that? C. Okay. Oh, you're 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 trying to see my system. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I was right though. It wasn't A two times in a row. So got you there. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Paul, this charm actress decided to turn her activism for net neutrality into a comic called Hacktivist. Who was it? A. Alyssa Milano, B. Rose McGowan, C. Holly Marie Combs, or D. Shannon Daughtery. I feel like I've seen Alyssa Milano be active on Twitter talking about hacking stuff. So I'm going to go with her and be wrong, but that's fine. No, you are correct, sir. Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) Three to two. That's a respectable loss, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Congratulations, Dan. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Samantha. So you were a, a charmed fan? No, 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 no. Who's the boss? Yeah, oh, who's the boss? Okay, she was the daughter of uh, Tony Samantha. I could never get into that show. Yeah, I don't know if I ever really got into it, but I just remember I watched a lot of it. It was one of those things, you know, you grow up yep. and like all those crappy sitcoms are on reruns when you get home from school and you just kind of watch them every day because they're there. This is before the days of, you know, the Internet when you had more fun things you could do. I don't I don't think I could give you an actual plot of any individual episode, but I know I watched a lot of that show. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember there was an episode where Samantha got a car and Tony was going crazy over like making it super safe or some other <laughs> thing or whatever. And like he bought like three separate backup lights for her or something or brake lights or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, welcome to the, who's the boss podcast. That's right. <laughs> and it's of an course, extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Oh, boom. And we're, of course we're all connected to him because he came to our university. It's true. You did come to Grand Valley state. <laughs> yeah. <he did. laughs> And uh, uh, 
which so to be honest, that really pissed me off because uh, <laughs> when I had to take the uh, um, my one language class or whatever, I really wanted being half Sicilian. I wanted to take Italian, but they didn't offer it at the time. And uh, then two years later, whatever they offered Italian, then he comes to visit the class and gives them all a trip to Italy. And I was like, God damn you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, so I had to take Spanish instead. Oh, well. <laughs> Lo siento. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and Geraldo Rivera showed up to your class and gave everyone a, a Count Ducula comic, which he starred in. God. Uh, he took us to a vault that was empty. <laughs> I also found out that um, the Avengers at one time visited the original SNL cast. So that was kind of interesting. There was- <laughs> I have an issue where they visit David Letterman. Oh, yep. Yep. I read that too. Um, and then Superman once had help to fight Martians by Orson Welles. <laughs> oh, boy. That yeah, makes sense. And Michael Chiklis from the Fantastic Four, The Shield, or The Commish, the show I remember. Um, he uh, just, you know, he decided to make a comic called uh, Pantheon about Greek gods and made himself Zeus, basically. So, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> exactly. Why not? Oh, geez. Um, yeah. So we should probably wind it down and do all those end of the podcast things. Um, so, Dan, uh, do you have anything uh, do you want to plug? Uh uh, when's this going to go out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, he was serious. Probably, <laughs> probably, let's see, I'm going to start releasing episodes that we did this, uh, season, this weekend. So if we go one, two, three, four, you're going to be looking at the 7th of April. Okay. Um, then that's perfect, actually. Uh, so in April, I have two events. Uh, the weekend of the 22nd, I believe it is, I will be at the Clinton Macomb Comic Con at the Clinton Macomb Public Library, I believe it is. Um, I'm still getting details on that. It's their first time they're doing a comic show at this local library there. And uh, uh, I was invited to have a table, so I'm going to go and be there that Saturday. Then the next weekend, which I believe is the weekend of the 29th, April 29th, I will be here in Lansing at Fantasticon at uh, uh, whatever hotel it is at. I can't remember. But if you just Google Fantasticon Lansing, I'm sure it'll pop up. So I have that on the horizon. I scaled back my convention schedule this season because of uh, – uh, moving and getting a house ate up my war chest. So, and uh, also with kind of figuring out again if I still wanted to keep going with all this, I decided I just wanted to like back off for a year and just do smaller shows and uh, see how it went and save money and that sort of thing. So, those are my two big shows on the immediate horizon. And then the week after that, the first Saturday in May, I will be doing something for Free Comic Book Day. I don't know exactly where and when yet, but I'm sure I'll do something. And then uh, people can keep up to date with the latest Foxes and Boxes pages on Clattertron.com. That's Clatter like the noise and Tron like the movie Tron. Or just go to Foxesandboxes.com to start at the beginning and uh, read them there. That's right. You have to 
keep up with the story and figure right. out if this is just like a dream and Fox is stuck in uh, the agony booth or what. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you joke about that, but I did, uh, that did cross my mind. I was like, do I just make this like a dream? And he wakes up and like, oh, what a terrible dream, you know, but <laughs> I won't do that. As we learned in our film classes, don't do that. <laughs> don't have it right. be a dream. You know, with a few exceptions, but uh, and then also, uh, please check me out and consider becoming a patron at Patreon.com/slash Daniel J Hogan. You get all kinds of goodies for the different level uh, backer levels. And uh, as I said earlier, uh, the more patrons for every three patrons I get, I back another artist. So I just need two more. So if two people pitch in a buck a month, I can you know pay that forward to another artist. Yeah, and uh, I'm assuming it's Facebook slash Clattertron, but we don't really care about Facebook, but it's Twitter slash Clattertron and also Daniel J. Hogan. Correct, and there is a Foxes and Boxes does have its own Facebook page, which is just Facebook, you know, slash Foxes and Boxes, uh, which I mainly made to keep someone else from getting it. But, you know, I still post the updates there, of course. And, uh, yeah, so I'm all over the place. And Instagram, Instagram too. Instagram is just Instagram slash Clattertron. I could not get Daniel J. Hogan on that because someone else had already had it, which bummed me out. But uh, at least got Clattertron. I think I looked into getting Foxes and Boxes, but I really didn't see the point because I thought I really don't need two Instagram accounts. And uh, yeah, you know, cyber uh Domain, or not domain, but uh, the uh, claim, you know, whatever, right. grabbing is, I can only handle so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually found someone the other day, I think on Twitter, who uses the handle sick days. Um, and I don't know if they have like CK, but, uh, or if they use a Z or something, but. I just found them and they're actually like they make like electronic music and they're in Edmonton. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, you definitely should go check out Clattertron.com and uh, get caught up on Foxes and Boxes or the other four years of comics that are there. So yeah. uh, that'd be awesome. Thanks uh, so much for joining us. You can find... Paul at Padizio.com or on Twitter at Paul D. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find uh, Chris at sickdays.me, right? That's yeah. S-I-K-K-D-A-Y-S dot me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can find him uh, on Twitter as well at sickdays. Awesome. And uh, we are going to be back in two weeks on the 23rd. Um, I'm going to say this right. It's with uh, our guest is Herman. Okay, I can do this. Herman (laughs) Vijagas. Vijagas. I think I said that right. Um, And he does the modern, I can't say regular words. Uh, (laughs) Algorithmic. Yes, he does the Modern Manhood podcast. And if you haven't heard it, you should totally check it out um, and check it out while you're waiting for the live show on the 23rd or as you wait for the next episode to be uploaded because it's really good stuff that he talks about. So I'm excited to have him as a guest and 
we might do a little thing where we interview him for like the first hour of the live show and then he interviews us for the second half for his podcast. It might be kind of fun. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, uh, thanks everyone for listening tonight and, uh, everyone have a good night and remember if life gives you potatoes, make poutine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Lots of gravy. Yes. And curds.